The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This with Leanne podcast and are for purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. Broadcasting to the world from inside her closet and high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, registered nutritionist, Leanne Philipson. Where do you choose to spend your grocery or your food budget? If you've listened to this podcast and show before, you know that I'm an avid weekly market goer and I love knowing where my food comes from. I'm inspired by the same foods that everybody else buys, but more so the rare food finds that aren't found at your typical big box stores, your supermarkets. And I love speaking with the humans who are involved in farming or with the farm or bringing the food to the market because they just pass on I don't know, this like extra energy as you're making your purchase and like, oh, you've got to try this or yeah, I tried this the other day and that kind of thing. Like that just really, I don't know, jazzes me up. It really makes me excited and puts a big fat smile on my face. Now I realize that not everyone has a local market that they can go to for inspiration, but there are other options out there to make sure that where you spend your hard earned dollars is somewhere that's in alignment with your values. Now, sure, we've got all the big box stores out there, the big warehouses that are cheap. You can go, you can buy in bulk, you can get your great deals. Now, yeah, I do that sometimes too, but then there's what's close to you. You know, just down the street, down the street. For me, there's a corner store and sometimes I have to go there and buy stuff. It's not particularly inspiring, but we might need need an ingredient for a particular recipe. Now, another element to food shopping, to where you get your food, where you spend your money, is the feeling of connection to where you shop. Like it's the opposite of just being in a number. You know, I think about going to one of the biggest warehouse box stores and you're standing in that big line, you've got your big basket. You're one of hundreds who walk up and down the aisles and then you just go and hand over your money and you walk out and all that. But I think about the feeling that I get when I go to the market and a lot of the other stores that I frequent. I don't go to nine to, to the chain stores like 90% of the time. And I feel really connected and excited about the food that I buy, that I choose, the places that I go. Even if it's like, let's say, a can of tomatoes that I had to restock this week after making a lovely pasta sauce with some meat from the local butcher where I know that where the grass-fed meat comes from. Now, I know that the brand that I bought of these tomatoes, they don't have BPA in the lining of the tin. And that's something that this particular brand insists on. Now, I look at at it as I'm buying this product, which means that I'm investing in that brand in buying their product, and that lends support to their BPA-free initiative. I'm jumping on board with what they've put out there, and I'm voting for their efforts with my dollars. Just all my local stores. I want to know, what are your values? Where's your stock coming from? Why is it that you do this? So I do actually go in and I ask those questions, and I ask, like, what are their stories? because everyone has a story. There's a passion behind what everybody does. And that's what I love to connect with. 
Maybe you remember back in episode 124, we talked with Brian Bergman from locofields.com and he shared his story. Oh my gosh, if you didn't, haven't heard that one, head back there. That was a fascinating story of how he moved from his corporate job to farming. And in order for businesses just like Ryan's to survive, they need our investment by purchasing their products, by going through their, you know, the doors of their stores, shopping in their stores and voting with our wallets. Now, along with the Saturday market, I shop at a particular local store that I've supported since it started as an outdoor market in the West End of Toronto, where I live, called High Park. At that time, my now 19-year-old daughter was in the stroller, and this was even before I started my company, Sprout Right, in 2004. Now, that market then became a store called The Sweet Potato, which is just such a fun, just such a fun name. And it's actually grown from its original location to an even larger space within a few years. Now, the story of this particular store, I think, needs to be told because it creates a connection and how the owner has done that. You know, it's just a story that I want to share with you to inspire you to find something similar if you can, if you're not from where I live. So today on Eat This with Leanne, an independent store owner's perspective on not only organic produce, but also the store's growth how they're expanding, and a little bit about food trends, because I thought that would be fun to talk about. Saying that I've known the owner of the Sweet Potato, Diggs Dorfman, since my daughter Logan was in a stroller, made me realize just how long I've been a loyal shopper at the Sweet Potato. Now, watching the journey of the store has just been incredible. And most recently, I just read that the Sweet Potato has grown its monthly sales by over 600% since its inception in 2007. And with a 128 million historical gross revenue, 18.4 million in the last year alone, and the fact that they process 22,000 customer interactions monthly, it's kind of like the engine that could. Knowing from where this started and reading these numbers now, this like, whoa. From the beginning, the Sweet Potato has helped, or since the beginning, I should say, the Sweet Potato has helped launch more than 50 brands and bring their products to market and supported me in my own journey as well. Way back in the early days when Logan or maybe her younger sister was still maybe in their stroller. And when I started Sprout Right, I used to exhibit at the baby show in Toronto twice a year. When I would do that, I would demo a lot of the foods that I would make in my mommy chef cooking classes and and then I'd put them in my books and all of that. And I went to Diggs and his team and said, hey, you know, can we do something here? I need a lot of food. You've got the food and how can we work this out? So the team would package up ripe avocados, bananas, pears, frozen blueberries, because I used to make fabulous fruit recipe uh, that's in my first book and my second book as well for all the visitors. And in turn, we promoted the sweet potatoes to, to, uh, to everyone local. Now, before my second and award-winning book was published, we had to shoot all the photos, all the recipes from the book. Now, I made all of those all of those recipes, and then we shot them with a professional photographer. And the sweet potato then donated all the ingredients of all those photos that you see, not only in the book, but then everything that I share on social media, pretty much. And that wasn't a cheap endeavor, but they supported me with that and gave me all the ingredients that I needed. Now, I do know that Diggs 
The owner has a unique way of doing business, creating connections to food by knowing the farmers and the companies personally. And I absolutely know that that creates a whole other shopping experience where me as the customer gets to be more connected to the food that I'm buying. Now I could go on, but why don't we just have Diggs on, let him share with us all about what he does, what his business model is. Let's see what he's going to bring for us. So welcome Diggs Dorfman to Eat This with Leanne. Thanks so much. It's so good to see you. I haven't seen you in such a long time and I'm really, really excited about sharing with our lovely loyal listeners, you know, more about your journey. And, you know, like I said off the top is it's so important. I feel so inspired when I when I'm connected to where my food comes from. And I think that you facilitated that beautifully for all of your all of your shoppers that come come through your doors. Oh, thank you so much, Leanne. I really appreciate that. It's lovely to see you too. It's uh, it's been a while and uh, we've known each other for a really long time now. And uh, I really appreciate I the kind words. I'm excited to be here and I'm excited for us to talk about stuff. All right. So why don't you start off with like, how did you end up here? Was this like, you know, your lifelong kind of thing that you wanted to do, <laughs> be the owner of an independently run store? You know, that's that's uh, that's a great question. And uh, definitely not. It was definitely not a lifelong dream. In fact, if you had asked me um, in my mid 20s, you know, what I was going to do with my life, I don't think grocer would have made the top 50 <laughs> answers like I definitely but you know sometimes it's just it's in your it's in your blood um on one side of my family my grandfather uh was once upon a time uh the most successful independent uh grocer in Ontario so he had really? a chain of stores yeah he had a chain of stores that shut down um after he retired sometime in the mid 90s called Sunnybrook uh, okay. that once I think at their peak, they had 13 locations in, in and around Ontario. And, um, on the other side of my family, I was raised by a single mom, um, who was into organics, like 30 years ahead of the curve or actually even more than that. Gosh, I'm getting old. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, we grew up eating organic food when there weren't a lot of places in Toronto to, uh, to buy organics. And, um, after I went, uh, I was finished with university as, uh, as you know, when we met, I was running, uh, the high park organic market for a couple of years. Yeah. And, um, I definitely had a lot of customers there ask if we would open a store and, you know, so give access to year round, uh, what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And, um, at first I was sort of skeptical. I was like, I don't know, you know, if this is something I really want to do, but then, um, I actually went to, uh, some of the larger stores in the city at the time, uh, during the winter to buy the food that I wanted to eat. And I found their prices just like astronomical and the freshness and selection was like, maybe not what I was hoping for. And, uh, that's sort of when I decided to, uh, to open a business, um, myself and take this, um, seasonal market that we were doing to the next level. And, uh, things just went forward from there. Often these things they do, they're born out of like that entrepreneurial, I don't know, journey, I guess it is, is like, yeah, I think there's a need. I see a need. So therefore I'll go fill it. And I, I remember when you first said, okay, we're going to open a store. And I still remember walking in all the beautiful woodwork and the, there was a juice bar back then, I think. That's right. There? Yeah. Yeah. There yep. was a good, there, great memory. Yeah. There was, and it was just, oh gosh, it was just stunning. 
And I also remember at the same time, not a block away. So the sweet potato opened and then a block away, the beet opened. Yeah, as in, that's as, right. in as in the beetroot beet that's opened. Right. That's right. And <laughs> so uh, along Dundas, you're like, do I go to the sweet potato or do I go to the beet? You know what? We were um we were great friends with them for a long time. The uh the owner of the beet, Michelle and I, um, you know, yeah, talked great. a lot. Oh, she's terrific. And yeah. um we talked a lot during that era and uh even though it wasn't the same sort of a health focused business, there was also yeah. a restaurant across the street called the Purple Onion. Right. Um, at the time. <laughs> and uh, so I sort of thought of our neighborhoods as like the roots. You know, we had the beet, the sweet potato and the purple onion. Nice. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, Could have started was, a band. Yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> would, that would have been a copyrighted name, though, the roots. So they're already, they already oh, exist. That is true. <laughs> they sure, do. They sure. do. Yeah. Well, that takes oh, a different geez. kind of entrepreneurial spirit, though, to get to, 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 to just stand there one day and go, you know what? This is too expensive. I'm going to open my own shop to go from that thought to reality. So kudos to you for that. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that, Chris. But, you know, I, I think also. I was thinking a lot after working at the High Park Organic Market for a couple of years about really wanting to connect people to their food and the sort of disconnect that people have between, mm. you know, the sort of conventional chain stores and the, the mass produced food that they get there and the freshness that we were providing people with going direct from farm to table. And I liked the idea of providing a place that would inspire people to think about their food more, like in important ways, how it was going to affect not only them and their own health and maybe the health of their kids or their family, but also the farmers that grow their food and the ecosystem that produces the land that people use to grow their food. And so um, from the very beginning, there was that aspect and also just, um, you know, really not wanting health foods to be a privilege of the wealthy. I thought, it, you know, I grew up with, again, a single mom um, and who was a supply teacher, but we ate organic food. And as time passed, it became more and more expensive. And, um, you know, without wanting to name our competition, there was this big American chain who were selling, you know, the best food, but at really, really high prices. And on the other end, we had serious discounters who were doing, you know, cheap prices, but the food was also kind of cheap. And, uh, maybe not the best quality. And I, I sort of wanted to present people with a better option, something that was going to be, uh, you know, not necessarily the very cheapest place you could shop, but like really affordable uh, so that people could feed health food to their families, even if they weren't super wealthy. And I think that's really carved out the difference. I know this because I've known you for such a long time. Do you think that your customers really know that? That's your mission. I guess it really is your mission of of supplying, of of getting all of this great food. Cause you know all the farmers, don't you? Oh, totally. No, I'm on a I'm on a first name basis with every single farmer we deal with, and uh also probably a couple hundred customers at this point. But um right. you know, it's interesting that you ask if our customers know that about us. And I think uh to an extent they do, but I also think one of the things that we've been the worst at historically is promoting ourselves like we're you know we're really bad at singing our own praises and yeah. you know i uh happen to believe that we have hands down and price aside the best organic produce department in ontario and i will go head to head with any of our competition on that but it's not something that we've said a lot it's not something that we've broadcast uh, on social media or through our flyers um 
And we're trying to sort of get over that hump now that we're expanding and trying to figure out, you know, okay, so for people that don't know us and that haven't been with us through our sort of grassroots uh, beginnings, how do we explain to them what we do and what our mission is? And so we are trying to get that message out more. And it is resonating with people. We certainly hear customers talking about it more. And when we do comparisons um, of our own pricing to, say, other stores in our niche or also chain stores on organics, I'm shocked by the degree to which we're absolutely smoking (laughs) Like, uh, that's something that I feel really good about all the time. We did a comparison to one of like the really major chains recently, and they didn't have one price that was cheaper than ours. There was a couple that were on par, but we were beating them on 70 or 80%, not only on price, but on quality as well. And I was shocked that it was, it was actually that bad because I guess, you know, if you own a food store, you buy most of your food from that food store right. and you may not be as used to what the competition are doing all the time. And when I saw what the competition were doing, I was sort of shocked by the degree to which we were out ahead. Um, wow. But that's maybe a long winded answer, but yes, we, we, no, that's uh, a great answer. I, I do think our customers are, uh, are starting to really realize that. And we definitely have a lot of people who've been with us for a long time, such as yourself, um, who talk about our value and, and what we bring, not only the quality, but uh, the competitive pricing as well. And I think that, you know, as I set up in, in the introduction about connecting to our food, you know, I, I go to the market every single week and that is what I love doing. And, and I am so excited when I bring the food home and I get eye rolls from from my daughter and it's like <laughs> more mushrooms mom like really <laughs> and and that kind of thing and people I don't know what it is they always say oh my gosh did you, you must have got that from the market I think lately it's been black garlic and I've oh, yeah. shared, shared it with other people and, and they say where do you get this from I said I get it from the market I don't know like google it you can make it yourself it's not a problem but I go and I'm and I get so excited and and there's a maybe a, a new vendor there with different types of garlic that happened a few weeks ago and I think that might awesome. be so I think you probably have the same uh, the same farmer come to you because you have a whole bunch of different things. I saw in one of your photos too. Oh yeah. And, anyway, sure. it's just, it's so cool. So it's like where I'm going to the market and I'm outside and that's my Saturday thing. I, it took me a bit, you know, when I was talking more recently is like, you're actually like, the, you are still the indoor market. Oh, for sure. Even for after sure. all these years. Oh, absolutely. You kept it as the indoor market where you happen to know all of those farmers like how do you get to know all these farmers do they just come to you or you just sort of put the word out or like how did that happen so i mean when we first were running the high park organic market that was just that was my job right we didn't uh we didn't sell anything but fresh produce and a little bit of baked goods and a tiny bit of cheese at the time i remember um, you introducing me to the honey crisp apple oh yeah for sure. I, I remember apple. that. And I don't buy any other apple. apples other than Wonderful. <laughs> Just to let you know, not that I want to put in a huge plug here, but we have beautiful honey crisps, Canadian grown honey crisps going on yeah. sale, organic for $7.99, a three pound bag today. Wow. That sale that sale just dropped this morning. It's one of my favorite um, times of year is this time of year, because this is when the honey crisps come pouring out. Totally. Yep. Totally. Yeah. 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 So for listeners who are listening to this in the dead of January, then you missed the boat on that one. (laughs) We'll still have, we'll still have Honeycrisp in January. We'll still have Honeycrisp in January. I know, I know. But no, so I, you know, we make it our mission um, to try to contact as many small farms um, as possible. And 
you know, we have a pretty good reputation at this point for what we right. do. We have a reputation for treating our suppliers very fairly, and we have a reputation for also treating our customers fairly. And so um, it's rare at this point that we contact a small farm and they don't know who we are. Uh, so cool. if we're contacting them, and so they they often know that um, if we're contacting them and they're going to do business with us, it's going to be uh, you know, a large amount of volume at a fair price to them. So people right. are often very motivated to to open that conversation. And there have been also farms that we've tried to work with, and it hasn't worked out exactly for whatever yeah. reason. You know, we've already, say, got a really great supply from a far, from another farm that we've been dealing with for years, and we're, right. we don't have the space for their goods on our shelves. Um, that's happened a few times. But um, no, basically every season, we, we look around and we talk to uh, our, our farmers that we are working with and say, hey, do you know anyone that we should be talking to? Is there anyone you're seeing that's new at the markets? Or And we typically go as well. CJ, my business partner and myself, um, like to do a tour of uh, farmers markets happening in Toronto and in and around sort of southern Ontario at least once every couple of years. Right. Often once a year, but we'll go and just sort of introduce ourselves and uh, see if there's anything new or exciting. And uh, yeah, at this point, uh, we're dealing directly with over, I think, we're, so we're over 35 different local organic farms at this point that we we do direct business with. Um, right. Yeah. And it's worked out. It's worked out great. You know, our, our good name speaks for ourselves at this point. It's sort of an easy, as time passes, it's an increasingly easier conversation to have you know, the relationship with your suppliers, I don't think when, when someone goes and picks up, let's say that Honeycrisp apple, mm -hmm. they're looking at it, they're checking it out, making sure it's not bruised, size, all of those kind of things. But what mm -hmm. they don't know is actually what went into that apple being on the shelf. Oh, for the, sure. The amount of connections that have to happen all the way through to having that there and then enjoying it. I mean, you put it sounds like you put so much and have done over the years so much effort in creating those connections. Do you think that that is what's responsible for your growth and success so far versus your average sort of box store or your big warehousey type place, which people will still go to and they'll buy in bulk and they'll see the sales and all of those kind of things. But it, I don't think a store like yours is speaking to everyone. You're pulling in a particular kind of customer. So is there is is do you think that that's where your success has come from or is there something else? I mean, I think that's a big part of it. I think um you know, the transparency that we offer people was literally they can know exactly where their food is coming from. Um we definitely do that on a on a completely different scale than any of our competition right now. Certainly in Ontario, there are some places in California that we've seen that are that are also doing that type of thing. But we go sort of above and beyond to make pe sure people know um what their food choices actually are rather than, um, you know, if you go to most of the chain stores, they'll say apples and they'll just say product of Canada. Well, okay. Right. But that those apples could be coming from BC. Um, they could be coming from uh, Ontario. You don't, you don't know the difference. You, don't know. Right. Um, you know, we make sure all of our signs say specifically the province. And when we put anything in our flyer, uh, we reference the exact farm that it came from if it's from uh, anywhere in Canada, certainly. So if it's from Ontario, people know it's from Ontario. If it's from Quebec, people know it's from Quebec. And, um, you know, we also do spotlights on on the farms that we work with during the summer. And um, we go out to those farms and we talk to people and we see the land that the the food is actually coming from. So we can speak with real integrity and authenticity uh, to our customers. And that transparency 
that genuineness has been sort of a huge part of our brand from the very beginning. And I, I do think that makes a difference. And I do think that that um, is, is a large part of our success, that people can sort of see that we're in it for the right reasons. And I mean, we are, you know, at heart, myself and CJ, we're both a couple of tree hugging kids. You know, <laughs> you don't you don't get into running an organic grocery store because you want to get rich. Right. I mean, you, you do it because you love it. And it's something that we're both very, very passionate about. I've climbed a few sure. trees in my day, but I've never hugged any. But still, go. still, uh, your your model is for like your current placement is da- is in Toronto, correct? That's right. Yeah. Is there a business model that you guys can see that would work in a more uh, rural area? For, oh, for what it is that you do, because I mean, we have farmers markets and things like that in some of the outskirts, which are fine and all wonderful and everything. But I think it's about finding that rhythm. You want to be part of a, a person's rhythm. So they go to the store sure. every day and they get the produce and they come home and they always go to the same store because it's it's yeah. convenient. So it's about making something as good as you do. Right. And and for I mean, mm-hmm. you do it for all the right reasons, but it's about making it convenient for people as well. Is that oh, possible sure. in a rural area? Oh, I definitely think so. Uh, so, you know, we've talked a lot about what um, our growth could potentially look like um, in a perfect world over the next 10 or 15 years. And, um, you know, the truth is that there's been a huge growth in organics in Canada over the last few years. Um, the market for organics in the last five years has grown, I think, just over 35 percent in wow. Canada. It's now a six point five billion dollar industry uh, nationwide. And that's not insubstantial. And at the same time, um, the demand for local has gone through the roof, right? When when I was first starting out, um, you know, people wanted organics, but local was just sort of taking hold. And mm. I think that um, is as impactful and was always, it was always as big a part of what we do as organics. So, uh, you know, you can go to the chain stores and you might get some local produce and you might get some organic produce. But we did a comparison of a couple of the major chain stores. And it's actually it's really less than five percent, like something like three percent of products are both local and organic. So yeah. as that demand grows, even in rural areas, um, you know, there's there's definitely a, a need for a sourcing like that that's convenient. And I mean, I'm not sure if we can be that far outside of population center like we do need some density to do what we're doing because we are a bit of a niche versus the traditional box store um but i definitely don't think we only have to be in toronto you know we've we've imagined stores outside of the city and we definitely think we can make it work for sure at the right location it has to start somewhere is sort of where my mindset is because it is such a great idea it is such a good thing uh, on so many levels i mean outside of just how good the food is particularly it's everything that connects to it it is the the local farmers it is uh, you know it it is the the sort of the sense of putting good things in your body it's the connection between people and 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 the earth i mean so many wonderful ideas but it has to start somewhere it'd be nice uh, if there was an influx of of cash or money out there that could that could springboard it um, or expedite the process. That would be that, that would, would certainly be nice. That would yeah. be awesome. <laughs> like I mean, ser- nice. I mean, seriously, if there there has got to be someone out there with deep, deep, deep pockets listening to this podcast right now, going, you know what? What a great idea! And who better yeah. than somebody who's obviously been doing it and has a love for it, like you do, Diggs? Oh well, th- you know, thank you so much, Chris. I will use that as uh, a segue <laughs> to talk about what we are uh, uh, currently doing, um, which is that uh, nicely you know, set up, Chris. Oh, thank I'm you. So, yeah, I was good. <laughs> 
this good. is fantastic. We're, yeah. we're getting to this anyway. So let's yeah. just talk about it now. I love it. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Um, no, both of you. That's great. Uh, yeah, so we are growing, right? We are um, about to open our second location uh, on the east side of town, so on Bayview, just south of Eglinton. We're super excited about it. It's a terrific space. Um, we've got great parking. We've got uh, a bunch of our staff hired there already, and we're, we could not be more excited to open. Um, at this point, the target opening date is March 1st. It's theoretically possible that we could open a little bit before then, but it's and that's very unlikely. 2023, right? That's 2023, right? 2023, yeah. 2023 yeah. right. So uh, only a few months from now. Um, it's very unlikely that we'll open after that, but it's possible that we'll open a little bit earlier. And the whole reason uh, that I'm not sure is just COVID supply chain issues, right? We've had um, fridges that normally take 10 to 12 weeks uh, that we've been waiting more than 10 months at this oh. point to be delivered. So wow. uh, as soon as everything is here, uh, we'll be able to finalize our plans and open. But um, yeah, we are also, um, we're launching a crowdfunding uh, equity raise campaign. If people like our vision, uh, we think uh, we're also a great investment. We've shown a lot of growth over the last uh, many number of years. We've had uh, almost 12 straight years of continuous growth, and um, we're inviting people to be a part of uh, our, our vision, even uh, for just a few hundred dollars. Please go check it out. It's at frontfunder.com uh, slash the sweet potato. And uh, Leanne will probably also have details on her website. If, if any yeah. listener is interested, uh, please, we would love to talk about it. We appreciate your support. And uh, we want to spread what we're doing to uh, more hungry mouths and more communities across Toronto. And hopefully, eventually, as Chris said, Ontario as well. Well, it's a nice pitch. See, you're you're getting it. You're getting Thank that. You. Just, that <laughs> you're getting you're it's getting so, this. It's, um, it's this, so unnatural for me. This, Thank you. <laughs> this is the hard part. Well. This Thank is you. the hard part. Is is going out and and trying to sell what you already know is a great idea. Totally. It just all, totally. you just want to basically point at the store and go, look, see, good, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, you don't totally. want to have exactly. to go out there and talk yes. numbers exactly. and talk bottom lines exactly. and talk yeah. dividends and all that. I mean, that nobody but wants. But I can to hear do that too at this point. I can do that too, just in case. Everyone's listening. I could definitely have that conversation if you want to have that Excellent. <laughs> I will put the link in the show notes on leannephillipson.com for anyone who wants more information because, you know, this is something that's that's dear to my heart. And, um, you know, and I'm looking over it too. And I'm thinking, who else can I share this with that's got, you know, Oh, thanks, not Leanne. not so deep pockets or very deep pockets. Anybody with pockets, basically, you, can <laughs> get, you. you know, you can really get in on this. And you. I and I do love that. Um, you know, we've got crowdfunding that people do where you just donate. Well, this is not the donation situation. No, this is investment. No. Absolutely. So you get to actually, you know, as well as me being, you know, being a customer, I can increase my involvement in the place where I go shopping. Yeah, and that's I, you, also, you know, that's really exciting because we had, like I said, off the top, we had Ryan on from local fields um, before, and I wanted to talk to him and hear his story as well, because I buy my greens and all that kind of stuff from him every week and see what new and groovy stuff he's got. And, oh, that's great. you know, all of those, game, those kind of things. So in any way, if I can use this platform to, to expand you know, the understanding and the knowledge. I know that listeners, if you, if you're not in Toronto and you, you don't know where Eglinton and Bayview is, and you don't know where the West End is, because you listen to this in Australia or the UK or the Philippines or wherever it is, because we do have global listeners. Amazing. The, the point of this is that 
really the key takeaway is understanding and knowing that there is the potential to have such a connection to your food. So, but it, I mean, I also think that we're a pretty good investment. Like I think, you know, we look around at what you're other people are doing. You're not a pretty good investment. You're a good investment. We're a good investment. You're right. I'm sorry. We're a good investment. There you um, go. <laughs> we look around at the at the competition and uh, what other people are doing. And uh, we really are at the forefront of our industry, both with uh, our policies, the way we do our buying, the way we do our selling, but also our branding. I mean, come on, the sweet potato is a pretty fun uh, brand as well. Like we're, uh, we're kitschy, yeah. we're fun. And uh, it's a good, it's a good shopping experience. Funny. No, we have a nice, you know, if you, if you're going to come to our store on a Saturday with your kids, you're probably going to have a pretty good time, you know, yeah. we're going to, uh, and especially now that, uh, you know, the pandemic uh, has allowed us at least to the point where we are doing some demos again and stuff like that. There's lots yeah. of interesting food. Uh, we've got um, all sorts of exciting meet the farmer opportunities lined up for the next year where people are going to be coming in and actually talking about what they're doing to people. Um, well, it's a good time. I mean, it's a really good time. Today on Eat This with Leanne, an independent store owner's perspective on not only organic produce, but also the store's growth, how they're expanding, and a little bit about food trends, because I thought that would be fun to talk about. Now, I know that you've launched a lot of products too at the Sweet Potato. Absolutely. You've kind of, you know, you've tested them out. People use use the shop floor, like you said, to do those demos and things like that. Totally. How do you how do you see the trends that are coming? How do you how do you decide on, yeah, let's try out this product versus this product? So oftentimes it's it's a lot about just communicating with our customers. Um, We will be Uh, going about doing our regular business and we'll start getting emails about a specific product that maybe we carry only a little bit of or maybe we've seen trending Um, but people start saying hey listen I'd really love to see something like this at your store and often around the same time um, we start getting requests from new vendors uh, in that arena who are doing whatever particular product or or type of product uh, to start carrying their new products at our store and um, you know, like what you were saying, we love we love working with small independents, right? That's all. That's the lifeblood of what we do is to try to have a really diverse selection and to be working with people who are doing interesting, innovative things uh, in food, <clears throat> especially locally. And so um, we see ourselves as a bit of a springboard for new emerging brands. Um, we offer people our time. When, when they want it, we've spent a lot of time over the last 10 years uh, talking to people who maybe come into our store and maybe they have a terrific product, but uh, the price isn't positioned quite right, or maybe the branding is really off, or you know they're, they're missing some key messaging that we think will really resonate with customers. And um, we, you know, we hate seeing a good product not being successful because something about their formula is off. And a lot of new right. entrepreneurs you know, don't quite know what they're doing. People people take risks and they just jump. And I have so much respect yep. for that because that's ultimately where we started. Uh, but we want to see people be successful. So, um, you know, we'll start seeing these new little trends and stuff emerging and we'll try to find uh, a local option always first. If we can mm-hmm. find something that's being made in Toronto or Southern Ontario, that's always the first place that we go. Mm-hmm. And uh if we can find something that we think works, you know, we list it and we try to make sure that we're giving it 
the proper promotion and support that it deserves. So, you know, we give people local spotlights, for instance, in our flyer. We don't charge for those. We do those for free. Um, mm-hmm. And there's That's nowhere. Yeah, there's so we, we will ask for a discount, right? We will ask for products. If you're going to be in our local spotlight, we want to also give our customers a deal. Right. Uh, but we'll write text ourselves. We'll do blog posts and all of that stuff for, for new local emerging brands. And we don't charge for that. That's not something that any brand can come to us for and say, hey, I want to pay to be in your local spotlight. Right. That's not That's an interesting, option. Because any yeah. flyer that you go and pick up, just so you know, listeners, they've paid to be in that. They've paid to get in front of your face as like just that advertise that's they're all advertising dollars so that's incredible. absolutely well it's a bit it's important to us right it's important that we are um giving local brands access to you know uh being able to move some volume in our store if a new brand does get listed at the sweet potato and they have the price right and the branding is right they're gonna do pretty well you know, yeah. we're gonna be we're gonna be one of their top accounts right from the start and they're gonna really see um, sales. And we also give them whatever feedback customers are giving us. Right. And so, so, I mean, that's, uh, again, a bit of a roundabout answer, but, but we, when we see new and emerging trends, we sort of work from the bottom up, if that makes sense. We try yeah. to find, uh, not, not the trend to make sure we get it onto our shelves, but we try to find someone local that we can work with to, to do something really interesting. And, cool. uh, then every once in a while, every few years, you just have, um, also a new product or ingredient that's just like super hot and super trendy. So, you know, yeah. uh, and we, we do, see those cycles some, in our industry. Do you have something that was an absolute flop? That just oh, was like- yeah. Oh, for sure. My partner uh, and actually our head of uh, our grocery curator, James, and my partner, CJ, still make fun of me for a purchase I did that was like 10 years ago. Oh, and really? it was flavored soy milk. Okay. It was flavored soy milk. And I got this amazing deal on some flavored soy milk. They was like, buy one, get one free. And I was like, guys, this is going to be the next big thing. I'm going to buy two pallets of it and it's going to be incredible. And they were like, I don't know, Diggs. That's like, that's kind of crazy. Like maybe you should (laughs) just wait. What flavors were they? I mean, they were weird flavors. They were like pineapple, mango, soy milk and uh, passion fruit, soy milk. And yes, yes. Correct response. Yes. Yes. That is the response that all of our customers had. And in the end- uh, in the end, we donated almost a full pallet to food banks because we didn't know what else to do with them. Um, oh my gosh! I wonder what the food bank did with them. Flop. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's yeah. really hard, was, isn't it? All we could like, do. No. This is terrible. But we're going to give it to you guys. I mean, okay, so, so I I'll tell you a secret. So I'll tell you a secret, which is that I don't want any more I, I passion fruit soy milk. <laughs> No, but see, I was the only one who liked them. Everyone else didn't like them, but I actually thought they were kind of delicious. And I was drinking a lot of soy milk at the time. Um, I don't avoid dairy entirely, but I have, you know, I try to do a lot of plant-based foods in my diet. And I was drinking a lot of soy milk because I'm a type one diabetic. So I'm looking for a higher protein milk alternative always. I thought there was, uh, I actually thought thought the passion fruit, I thought the passion fruit flavor was delicious. Honestly, it was, it was really good. And, uh, everyone else was crazy. What are you talking about? Everyone else was wrong. Not me. Everyone. Yeah, no, I, uh, I thought they were delicious, but, uh, yeah, I guess no one else. No one else. No one else else agreed. And, and what is a product that has just like the biggest success that you kind of didn't, you know, you didn't really think of? Oh, or 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 you weren't sure. you weren't quite sure and you're like wow that just went through the roof 
Okay, so um, are you looking for packaged products or can I talk about vegetables as well? Whatever. Does it matter? Doesn't okay, matter. so, no, it so the, matter. the biggest surprise to me over my entire time in business has been kale. So <laughs> we sell more kale than we do lettuce. By a significant margin, we sell more kale. Um, over the years, as our store has grown, we have just sold more and more and more kale. And admittedly, during the summers especially, we have magnificent kale. I mean, the, <laughs> we have a, a kale from a couple of local farms that are really amazing and our pricing is great. But before I got into the business, I barely knew what kale was. It was like this leafy sort of cabbagey thing, and I didn't really know yeah. what people did with it. Now I eat kale all the time. Uh, right. But uh, but I was shocked when I got into the business by just how much kale we sold. And that was, you know, 15 years ago. Now the amount of kale we sell, it blows me away. If we wow. do a kale sale, it is one of our top selling vegetables. If we put it on sale, there's maybe the only two things that have moved faster than kale on sale are like strawberry and broccoli, strawberries wow. and broccoli, like kale moves we move hundreds and hundreds of units a week, even when we're not on sale. When we are on sale, we can cross a thousand units a week. It blows me away. Okay. Okay. Here's away. I've got a great idea, yeah. Diggs. I'm thinking kale flavored soy milk. What do you think? <laughs> no. Brilliant idea. No. To the moon. Totally. That's it. That's what we need to get uh, investment capital for. Kale flavored soy milk. Come You've on. just lost all your investors. Let, potential investors. Let me just say, let me just clarify. Chris is not on the buying team. No, no. He's not on the creation team. I'm barely Chris on the will, kale team at this point. Chris, but. Chris, you'll find Chris advising on the ice cream. <laughs> yes. I, for, for what it's He's worth, qualified Chris, for yeah, that. Yeah. For what it's worth, I could make you my crispy kale, which is my baked flaky crispy kale. Yeah. You'll never look back. You'll be eating kale every week. I promise. It's so delicious. If you know how to cook kale properly, it is one of the most delicious vegetables. And it's so good for you. Like it's so, so good for you. Just eating one serving of kale a day makes a huge difference. It's it's such high density uh, nutrients. Okay. So what, what packaged or like non-kale vegetable-y type thing has been like a real surprise for you in terms of what took off? I think one of the ones that really surprised me that's still going quite strong um, was coconut oil. When coconut oil first started trending, I guess about 10 years ago, um, you know, when it first took off, it replaced uh, olive oil in terms of our number one oil sales. And mm -hmm. I was shocked by the amount of, uh, of, of coconut oil that we were selling for a while. One that's been, uh, I guess, more recent um, that still surprises me a little bit, even though I, I drink a fair bit of it too, is the unsweetened flavored uh, carbonated water type beverages. Um, ah. Pioneered in the industry by LaCroix. And right. now there's a All bunch of others. other brands, but uh, yeah, I, I couldn't believe how quickly uh, those started selling. And um, another one um, that used to be a fringe category and is now just a huge category for us is kombucha. Um, mm. You know, we sell so much kombucha and actually um, the first brand that we ever sold of kombucha was called uh, Fairy's Tonic, which mm -hmm. has since become Tonica, which yes. is a major brand uh, run by my good friend Zoe, who actually lives in the neighborhood, a terrific person who's had a wonderful mission of her own. And um, but I can't believe how much kombucha we sell. Like we have eight feet of refrigerated space dedicated just to kombucha and uh, our top selling uh, kombucha skews in in the smaller like grab and go sizes yeah. are our very top selling beverages by far. 
more than coconut water, more than juice, more than anything like that. By a significant margin, we sell so much kombucha and for good reason. I mean, it's delicious and it's so good for you. And, you know, it's a terrific tonic after a late night or great after a full meal. If you want something to help with your digestion, I drink Mm -hmm. a ton of kombucha these days. And again, 10 years ago, I sort of barely knew what it was, you know, Uh, it's really been a surprise for me for sure. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool to have a bit of insight into what people are buying. You know, we do see a lot of trends in the industry and oftentimes those trends become sort of like weird greenwashing snake oil products. Like I remember when goji berries and acai berries were trending a bunch of years ago, we started seeing like goji everything. There was goji face cream and there was goji, you know, and putting goji berries in face cream. I mean, I'm I'm not a face cream scientist, but I don't think that's going to do anything. I think that's no. just kind of BS. Yeah. And um, we've worked really hard to avoid any of those types of trends that we don't see real merit in. And that's that sort of cycles back into what we were saying before about us sort of really looking at our products and curating well and uh, believing in the food that we sell. We mm-hmm. We don't list anything that we think is just sort of kind of, you know, suspect and maybe it's right. just trendy. We we have to really think that there's a value to our customers in order for us to list it, even if it's super trendy. Well, yeah. thank you. Thank you, no, hey. customer, for doing for that. Sure. Because, Absolutely. Because you do get sucked in. It is for sure. it, 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 it it is easy to buy the, you know, kale soy milk, let's say, because you yeah. think, oh, that's <laughs> exactly. great. I can I can do both things at the same time. This exactly. is, you know, this is really good. So yeah. <laughs> well the I mean the expansion into having another into having another store, the expansion even further than that to, you know, maybe the outskirts and things like that, I think is, I think is tremendous. And listeners, no matter where you're listening to this from, I just hope hearing what's, you know, what's possible, whether it's, it may not be you that's going to do follow Dig's journey, but, you know, you might be able to talk to someone locally and create, um, you know, create some sort of co-op or something like that so that you totally. can, can have this, can have this connection to your food. Because I think, uh, I don't know. I just, I just think that after the years that we've been living through and the lack of connection that we've had in the food, of course, is the constant thing that we do every single day. That's why I became a nutritionist in the first place was because this is food has the biggest impact on your life over everything else other than like emotions and the people you're around and things like that. But food can have an effect on your emotions too. Of course. It's surprising, you know, uh, the degree to which um, my level of calm really goes up when I'm not eating super refined grains or super refined sugars. Um, You know, as soon as I start eating a lot of that stuff at the holidays, sometimes I really notice my anxiety goes up a lot. And that's, you know, that's a real effect that uh, food can have on you, uh, not just in a theoretical sense in in your day-to-day life. And for what it's worth, um, any of you listeners that out there, if you are going to take Leanne's advice, which you should, and you're going to start a co-op or you're going to do something interesting and you're you're not in Toronto and you're somewhere far away, don't hesitate to write me. I'd love to help you. I'd love to share my experience. Anything that we can do to help wow. uh, spread this spread this to more people in more places. That's that's why we do this, for sure. Oh, that's amazing. You're going to get people like emailing in from Australia now. Do it. How, do it. We'd love to hear from that. you. That <laughs> would love be to hear from so you. Absolutely. cool. Though, Absolutely. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. And also Diggs has extended for us who are local to the area. Sorry, again, people who are not. We've got five $50 gift cards to entice you to head over to the sweet potato. Or if you're someone who is local, then of course you 
just got 50 bucks in your in your cart or in your basket that you're not going to have to pay for. So you can head over to sproutright.com forward slash sweet potato to enter. This really is for local people only. If you're out of the area, you can um, you can enter, but only if you're going to be here to be able to use it. Uh, don't take that opportunity for someone else to do that. And I will, um, that this opportunity is going to be live on sproutright.com forward slash sweet potato until November the 27th at midnight. And then we will draw those five winners and uh, hand those over to Diggs and his team to get that prize of $50 gift card over to you. So thank you so much. And remember, listeners, that all the information, if you're interested in the investment opportunity, that's going to be over on leannephillipson.com as well in the show notes. So I really encourage you to go and check that out. Thank you so hey, much for sharing your story. Thank you guys so much. For sharing the laughs and the giggles and all oh, that kind of, kind of I, stuff. It's I appreciate being here so much. Leanne, I, I, I can't thank you enough for inviting me on your show. It's been such a pleasure. And so good seeing you. It's been way too long. And uh, yeah, Chris, okay. a pleasure meeting you. Thank you guys so much. Really a pleasure. Thank you. So where can you go to shop to feel connected to the food that you're buying? Chris, you mentioned, you know, you're on the outskirts of Toronto. I'm guessing that there's really nothing around where you are. Well, the first place I go is my refrigerator. I connect extremely well. Um, and your freezer. Yeah, and my and freezer. freezer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, beyond that, we have, <clears throat> we've got a local farmer's market in, in the area. Uh, but again, we are limited where we are in a rural area, which is an interesting thought because we're closer to the farmers than he is. Right. Technically. Exactly. Exactly. Technically. So to me, it's, a it, you know, why is it difficult to do to create what he's created in a much denser population? Uh, but it may just come down to, again, sort of the numbers and the amount of people that are buying organic and buying uh, farm to table products. And, and thankfully that is increasing year over year from what, mm. uh, from what Diggs explains. And we just yeah. need to expedite that process. So whether that's getting guys like Diggs on podcasts like this constantly, yeah. just to say, Hey, there is a yeah. better way to do this people. And there's a business model. Yeah, there is. It's out there. It's it, you know, people it's like being Diggs. done successfully. Yeah, exactly. And why is it that we can't have access to this more often in more places? I think that's a really, um, you know, with my marketing hat on, then, you know, it comes down to a lot of talking to people and finding out what they want as a first point of contact. But Mm -hmm. then you've got to shout this from the rooftop. Yeah, you really do. And from a business standpoint, you know, just putting on my overall business hat is, you know, at some point someone needs to create the template for others to follow. And I think that this this kind of thing is what happens with a lot of entrepreneurs is they create something, they see that it works, and then not only they, do they expand in stores like what Diggs is doing, um, but then you realize, oh, actually, I've done this and I could turn this into a business model to teach others to do the same thing. So... Next time I talk to him, I'm going to suggest that one. That might blow his brains of like, you know, here we are waiting for our fridges to come in after 10 months to open the new store. Yep. But but those kind of things, I think, is really important. And bless him for saying, please reach out if this is something that you want to do in your local area. Yeah. I mean, this could be the launch pad for a whole new, you know, business on the side that, you know, that he's done. So, um, 
yeah, let's see where this goes. But I will absolutely put his contact details in the show notes on leannephillipson.com so that you can reach out. Because, you know, whether it's investing in your local area, whether it's checking out the investment opportunity in the Sweet Potatoes expansion, you know, I do believe that we need to be more in touch with our food because it's what goes into our bodies and the food that we eat, the food that we we put in our mouths is does give us an energy that you just, I don't know, you can't necessarily touch and you can't make, right? Oh, you but you can feel it. it. But you can feel but it. You feel it. Every you single day. absolutely yeah. feel it. Yep. And I swear that's why I'm so excited when I fill my bags with all those mushrooms and all of the, all the goodies and the groovy stuff that I never would have, would have tried out black garlic, for instance, as I mentioned, if it wasn't, you know, at the market and, and I thought black garlic, well, what is that? What have you done to it? Why, you know, I would worry about that. But at the market, I was like, what is this? Oh, well here, have a piece, try it out. And then you put it in your mouth. Whoa. You know, I was with a friend and she said, this is crack. Like, what is this? I need more. (laughs) Give me more. And she had to keep going back like this, the taste. And that is, that is a pleasure that you can't find anywhere else. Right. Like it's just, anyway, I could go on about all this forever. And you can tell that I'm passionate about food. You know that I'm passionate about food and health and all those kind of things. And this is one aspect, one important aspect that I believe that if you haven't thought about this before, I hope that this has just sort of flicked that switch in. Huh. Mm, Yeah. This is the next layer to what I'm going to do for myself in taking, you know, taking charge and staying in your power in terms of the food choices that you make. Even if you're buying ice cream, Chris, and could be from someone local that's come up with something groovy that does not necessarily have kale in it. Yeah, well, and, and it's funny you should say that we did have an ice cream shop who did locally source everything, made it themselves, and it was yeah. awesome. And yeah. I stopped buying ice cream from the big box yes. stores. I went there and there only, and it just yeah. financially didn't work for her. And so she right. had to leave, and the place oh. was shut down. And I was such a shame. I hate to say the word stuck, but I was stuck going back to <laughs> my friends Hog and Dawes. But right. But I, I mean, that goes to show you that it is still a, it still comes down to the, to, to putting our money where yes. our mouths are. Literally. Which then lead to our stomach, which then leads to, you know, so many wonderful things. But that, and, and that's, yeah. and that's what makes it tough. That's what makes entrepreneurs like Diggs and, and others out there that are pushing and pushing and pushing every single day, special people, really. Yeah. And, and yeah. different, but not, it's not the, they're not the, the norm. They are the extraordinary. Thank you so much for being along on this journey of, you know, talking about food and connection because I don't know, it's just, it's something that's made me smile through the whole episode. And I hope that you've got a smile on your face as you're walking, as you're driving or wherever you happen to be listening to this. And of course, you can always reach out leannephillipson.com, sproutrate.com, where you'll find lots of information, the show notes and all the links to everything that we've talked about today will be on leannephillipson.com. Follow me along on both social media channels, leannephillipson and sproutrite. Send me a note. Is there somebody who's inspiring you that is deserving of a conversation? I'd love to hear their story. If you want to hear more and have my weekly newsletter drop into your inbox every Friday morning of all the things that are got uh, that are going on and a few of my 
thoughts as I write the intro for the week, then you can head over again to either of my websites. So thank you so much for being along. Share this, share this, rate it. And as always, please remember to eat this one mouthful at a time. 